0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Draw near to your servants, O Lord, and answer their prayers with unceasing kindness, that for those who glory in you as their creator and guide, you may restore what you have created, and keep safe what you have restored. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
1: Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. The whole community of the sons of Israel began to complain against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and said to them, Why did we not die at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we were able to sit down to pans of meat and could eat to our heart's content? As it is, you have brought us to this wilderness to starve this whole company to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now I will rain down bread for you from the heavens. Each day the people are about to go out and gather the day's portion. I propose to test them in this way to see whether they will follow my law or not. I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel. Say this to them, Between the two evenings you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have bread to your heart's content. Then you will learn that I, the Lord, am your God. And so it came about. Quails flew up in the evening, and they covered the camp, In the morning, there was a coating of dew all around the camp. When the coating of dew lifted, there on the surface of the desert was a thing delicate, powdery, as fine as hoarfrost on the ground. When they saw this, the sons of Israel said to one another, What is that? Not knowing what it was. That, said Moses to them, is the bread the Lord gives you to eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. The things we have heard and understood, the things our fathers have told us, we will tell to the next generation, the glories of the Lord and his might. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. He commanded the clouds above and opened the gates of heaven. He rained down manna for their food and gave them bread from heaven. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. Mere men ate the bread of angels. He sent them abundance of food. He brought them to his holy land, to the mountain which his right hand had won. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. I want to urge you in the name of the Lord not to go on living the aimless kind of life that pagans live. Now that is hardly the way you have learnt from Christ unless you fail to hear him properly when you are taught what the truth is in Jesus. You must give up your old way of life. You must put aside your old self which gets corrupted by following illusory desires. Your mind must be renewed by a spiritual revolution so that you can put on the new self that has been created in God's way, in the goodness and holiness of the truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. No one lives on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: When the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and crossed to Capernaum to look for Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, you are not looking for me because you have seen the signs, but because you had all the bread you wanted to eat. Do not work for bread that cannot last, but work for food that endures to eternal life, the kind of food the Son of Man is offering you, for on him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do if we are to do the works that God wants? Jesus gave them this answer, This is working for God. You must believe in the one he has sent. So they said, What sign will you give to show us that we should believe in you? What work will you do? Our fathers had manna to eat in the desert. As scripture says, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven. It is my father who gives you the bread from heaven. The true bread. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread always. Jesus answered, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: The first reading today picks up the Exodus story, just after the 12 tribes of Israel have been miraculously delivered from Pharaoh's charging chariots when God parted the Red Sea. In fact, it was only last week in the daily readings that we heard the highlights from the book of Exodus. So the whole nation... All 12 tribes of Israel camp out on the far shore of the Red Sea for a few days, and then Moses pulls up the tent pegs and they start to make their way into the wilderness, away from Egypt, towards Mount Sinai. This great mass of people set off into the wilderness. Now, Napoleon Bonaparte once famously said that an army marches on its stomach, So you can imagine, mobilising such a huge group of people, really, you need to have your supply lines in order. You need to be able to feed them and water them throughout the whole journey. But Moses seems to go into the wilderness a little unprepared. Three days into the journey, the people start to revolt that they had no water. And so God gives them water from a salty spring, which miraculously turns sweet Then, two and a half months after all the tribes of Israel had left Egypt, they run out of food. And the people start to complain bitterly to Moses and his sidekick Aaron. That's where we pick up the story in the first reading. So the Israelites tell Moses that God really should have killed them off in Egypt where they could die with full bellies, rather than lead them out into the desert to starve. This is a fool's errand, the people think. Trying to escape slavery in Egypt? It's better to be a slave than to starve. Losing heart, the people start to think that they're really just chasing a mirage in the desert. They think they're walking towards freedom in the promised land. But in fact, they're headed for certain annihilation. Death from exposure, starvation and thirst. And so... Overtaken by despondency, the people start to lose faith in the promise of freedom. And they start to long after the bread of Egypt. The people start to regret following God. And they turn back and look wistfully to the days of slavery. They seem to forget that God's a saviour. The big difference here between Napoleon and Moses, though, is that Moses isn't simply leading an army. He's following God. It's God that led the people out of slavery in Egypt. It's God who parted the Red Sea and routed Pharaoh's chariots. And confident that God would not abandon them in the wilderness, Moses begins the walk toward Mount Sinai. Though the people lose heart, and Moses starts to fear that they might rebel and kill him, he doesn't doubt that God will save his people again. And God's response is amazing. Quails in the evening, and manna in the morning. The manna appeared on the ground each morning. So when the dew lifted from the ground, there was a kind of white powder that remained. And this was the flower out of which the Israelites would make bread and cakes. And people were utterly dependent then on God for their existence. And that's exactly how God wants it. Notice he says that the people are only allowed to take enough quail and manna for a day. They're not allowed to store it up for later, only enough for today. And then know, believe, that you'll be fed by God tomorrow again. God's weaning the Israelites off the comforts and attitudes of Egypt. It seems they're suffering a bit from Stockholm Syndrome. They started to identify with their captors and they lost their uniqueness. God is leading them out into the desert and showing them that it's not Egypt who will feed them, nor is it Egypt who will promise them freedom, but only God. The hunger and thirst that Israel experienced in the desert was ultimately a hunger and a thirst for God. And by satisfying their desire for bread and water, the Israelites could begin to see that it was not Egypt which they desired, but God. This manor in the desert accompanied Israel for 40 years. And yes, the people got tired of eating the same thing over and over again. But it was their nourishment until they made it to the promised land. The manna was a central experience of the people of Israel. It was at the heart of their identity as the people of God. They were the ones who God nourished. They were the ones who depended entirely on him. Now, have a look at the gospel today. This comes immediately after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, which we heard last Sunday. Now, Jesus sets about trying to explain to the people the sign he gave in feeding the 5,000. And he draws on this seminal moment in Israel's history where for 40 years God fed his people this manner, this bread from heaven. Jesus says to them, Look, your fathers were fed by God in the desert. God sustained them in life until they reached the promised land. But where are they now? They're dead and buried. The manna fed their earthly hunger. It kept them walking toward the promised land, but it didn't satisfy their deepest hunger. Their deepest hunger was for life, for God. The manna that Moses gave, it's not the true bread of heaven. No, no, the true bread of heaven is the one that is given by the Heavenly Father. The true true bread of heaven doesn't just sustain the body like the bread of Moses, the manna in the desert. No, the true bread of heaven gives life to the whole world. A sustenance that's not just physical but spiritual. A sustenance that doesn't just continue earthly life but nourishes to eternal life. Man, it's just not enough. So say the people. We want that kind of bread. Who wants to be hungry? Who wants to have this incredible desire for God but not have it satisfied? Sir, say the crowd, give us that bread always. And then here's the great revelation. I am the bread of life, says Christ. All that manna stuff in the desert was pointing towards Jesus. It was a sign, a prefiguring of the true bread come down from heaven. It's Jesus. And so Christ is trying to readjust the vision of the people. Stop following me because I fed 5,000 of you some bread. No, follow me because I am the bread of life. Follow me because I am the true bread come down from heaven. Follow me because I am the one who will lead you out of the slavery of death and into the promised land of heaven. Jesus is the true bread of heaven, and he can satisfy our deepest hunger, our hunger for eternal life, our hunger for eternal joy, ultimately, our hunger for God. Now, the links with the Eucharist are pretty obvious and pretty strong. Jesus continues his presence among us in the Eucharist. It's his living body. We are the crowds coming to the true bread, come down from heaven. We are the crowds who say, Sir, give us this bread always. You see, the truth of the matter is that we are as dependent on God for our life as the Israelites were in the desert when they were dependent on God for the manna. The thing for us is that we need to recognise and deepen our hunger for the Eucharist. Our hunger and yearning for God. We come to the Eucharist over and over again. Each Sunday we come for this nourishment. The Eucharist isn't a sacrament we receive just once. It's not like baptism or confirmation or ordination to the priesthood. It's a sacrament we receive often because we need it often. It's our nourishment for eternal life. We're kidding kidding ourselves if we think we don't need it regularly, frequently. Just like the Israelites, we can't store it up for ourselves. We need to be continually fed by God. And so we pray in the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. So as we approach the liturgy of the Eucharist, let's take a moment to ask for a particular gift, to ask the Lord for the gift of a true hunger and yearning for the bread of life. Maybe that's one of the unexpected fruits of COVID, that having been jolted out of our sort of comfortable I'll go to Mass when I want to. Oh no, maybe I'll just sleep in and go a little bit later. You know, that, that sort of easy complacency that we fall into when it costs us no sacrifice to go to Mass. Maybe COVID has kind of shaken us out of that a little bit. And an absence of the Eucharist, a kind of fast, can make us a little bit hungry to give us a hunger for the bread of life. You see, on that last day of our lives, when we come face to face with Christ, who is the bread of heaven, that at that point, we may know the satisfaction of our desires. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.